Welcome to the Blessed Sacrament Parish Community Podcast, where our mission is to help everyone recognize and experience the presence of God. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Blessed Sacrament Parish Community Podcast. My name is Kristen Russell, and today we have taken the podcast on the road. We are here with our class of 2020, uh, their small group that has been together for, what, four years, guys, you've been together? Excellent. So I am so excited to be here with the Young and Present Church. And uh, they're getting ready to go to college, even though they don't graduate until June and go to college in August. They're already thinking about it. Do you guys all have your applications in? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, And as you go to college, I'm sure you guys know you've been told it's important to have some sort of foundation in your faith and in Scripture. So word on the street, actually I know this is true, you guys have just read Philippians, correct? Mm -hmm. All right. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight, guys, is Philippians. So my first question for you is, what can you tell everyone listening about the who, what, where, when, and why of Philippians? So I'll cover the who. Uh, Basically, the who is St. Paul talking to the Philippians in a letter that he and Timothy wrote together. Yeah, so Paul wrote it while he was in prison Um, And he used Timothy to kind of communicate to the Philippians while he wasn't there for them. I forgot the other W's. We got the who? Did we get the what? I think the letter was basically, it was just a big encouragement to the Philippians. And it kind kind of like urged them to keep going forward and keep pursuing their faith, even though they were struggling. And it was a lot of just uplifting messages that he was sending them. Yeah, absolutely. And what do we know about, or not what do we know, what do you guys know, I should ask, about St. Paul? Well, he started off as a non-believer and a persecutor of the people that did believe. Um, And then he had this big conversion story where God blinded him for three days and then converted him. And he became one of the largest proclaimers of God's word in the gospel. Paul's story is incredibly interesting because here he was persecuting Christians, like killing Christians. Um, He experienced Jesus. He experienced the love of Jesus. And then after that experience, he started sharing the good news of the gospel. And all I have to say is it's kind of a story of hope because it's like no matter what you've done, like there's redemption for you because if Paul can be redeemed, anyone can be redeemed. So as you guys worked through the whole book of Philippians, this is just you guys. What stood out to you um, while you were reading the book of Philippians? One verse that stood out to me was one in Philippians 4, um, and it is verse 13 that says, I I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm -hmm. It is a personal favorite of mine, and I know it has been popularized in the mainstream media, or at least through stuff that I have seen, and I think it's one that speaks to many of us. One of my favorites, while we were talking about this, we talked about uh, going forward in Christ and continuing to push forward. And in 3.12, it says, but I continue my pursuit and hope um, that I may possess it. And I think hope is the foundation of a lot of what we are and what keeps us moving forward. So seeing that there, that was just a really big godsend for me, seeing that in the passage. Another one in that passage is when... Paul is talking about people who sin and how their end is destruction, but uh, Christians, their and their citizenship is in heaven, and that's just something that I've never heard uh, 
heaven to be referred as is like living there and having a citizenship. Very. Yeah, that's very interesting. Anyone else for, you know, things that stood out to you as you read uh, the book of Philippians? My personal favorite is at the end of chapter four, um, verse nine. It says, keep on doing what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. And then the peace of God will be with you. I think something just a little more general. We had talked about when we were reading this, how Paul had never actually met Jesus and yet he was proclaiming his word. And a lot of the other gospels that were written were by people that had experienced Jesus and had talked with him um, and have like the words of Jesus in them. But this is just Paul, like, and he was one of the first people to write the Bible or a chapter of the Bible who hadn't met God or Jesus. And like whether that helped us kind of connect with what he was writing and what he was saying um, because he was a little bit more relatable to our situations. Absolutely. He's one of the the only apostle who didn't have like a relationship with Jesus on earth when Jesus was walking, walking around. So the fact that he has the title of apostle, he did write the first book that was the earliest book, I should say. The one of his letters uh, is the earliest writing that we have about Jesus. Paul predated even the gospel writers when it came to scripture. So I think that's awesome. Uh, one part I really liked in chapter four was when Paul talked about the the struggle and the just the struggle between the people and the tension between the Christians and Philippi. And I just think that that's unique because we don't really see that now where there's like uh, there's not like one common goal. And so he was encouraging them and that was just unique. And then just another thing that I really took away from just the whole book of Philippians in general is um, um, pressing on, which was, um, I know we did an activity as a group where we hauled around tarps of leaves and Mrs. Passick and Mr. Passick kept telling us to press on because good things will come in the end of it. And um, that's really one lesson that I took away and took the heart that, um, you know, being a Christian, there's sometimes where it may be tough. There's times where we're persecuted. There's times where we're tested in our faith, but we have to keep pressing on. We have to keep trusting that, um, um, all good things come in Christ and that Christ will give us good things. And um, eventually the ultimate good thing that Christ can give us is the citizenship and being in heaven when we um, finally pass. So that's just one greater lesson I took from the whole book of Philippians. And it's um, it's like the first time I've really ever kind of read a whole book of the Bible. I was just kind of reading chunks and um, it's really inspired me to read a lot more because uh, I, I really love this book. Genuinely, it's a great book. Um, another thing I really liked was um, in, in chapter 2, he referred to the world or our generation as crooked and perverse. And then he told us that that we have the like the capacity and the ability to be the light. And then in chapter 3, he referred to it again, and he said um, that we can boast in Christ Jesus, and we don't have to put any com- confidence in our flesh or in, in like the evil workers or the dogs or the, the bad people, I guess. Going back to chapter 2 and verse 12, um, he says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So what I kind of took away was that from that was just that he was telling us that it's okay that we're all a work in progress and that our connection with God might be a work in progress. But as long as we keep working on it and as long as we keep hoping for more and realizing our mistakes um, and just owning up to it and praying about it, then we all have a chance. I love that. So what I'm hearing is it's a very hopeful book, or at least that's how you guys kind of read it, as a book of hope, Um, a book of, you know, the good news that really and truly Jesus Christ has done a lot of things and has brought a lot of great things um, for us. So as you were reading, 
I'm wondering, were you able to make any connections from the letter to the Philippians to other stories that you know in the Bible? Maybe not a story in the Bible, but uh, we read a book last year in Ivy World that won called Fear and Trembling. <laughs> okay. How, how did that relate? I, I can't really pull anything out of my head right now if that would relate. Oh, but my God. <laughs> Wait, what was that about? I don't, I don't really but basically, basically it was a book about this woman who was a foreigner to, like, Japan, and she was working in this business, and they had, like, these weird ethics and these, like, this weird protocol that she had to follow. Like, she would take initiative, and they would punish her for it. And then she ended up being a janitor by the end of the book, but I didn't even read that part because I was like spark noting it by then. <laughs> so, great example. What a confession. <laughs> this isn't necessarily a Bible story, but at the end of chapter four, I saw like a lot of parallels with just other common verses. So, um, verse five says, Your kindness should be known to all. And I think that goes back to like the common um, love your neighbor. And then also says, like, have no anxiety, and it talks about prayer, making your requests known to God. And I think that that's, like, generally a common theme in the Bible is being nice to other people and, like, being a prayer, prayerful and spiritual. One connection I kind of saw was, like, to the Beatitudes and how in part of this, like, one section Paul says, like, let your kindness be known to all, even if, like, you're wronged or you're harmed. Like, just let your kindness and your gentleness be known. Um, and the whole Beatitudes were like, blessed are those who are meek and gentle and kind, and like for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, theirs is life after the life on earth. So I think that was just kind of a connection that I had made. For me, the whole book of Philippians kind of reminded me of the story with the Valley of Bones, just because like the people didn't believe that the Lord could like turn those bones into like human bodies. And when he did, they all like rejoiced in the Lord and like then chose to believe. So I feel like that kind of connects to the book, how like we have to give our worries up to God and like God can do anything. So we kind of just have to rejoice in the Lord. And it reminded me of that story. So one personal connection I had to this is um, the Bible quote that Colin had mentioned earlier. Um, uh, I think it goes something along the lines, all good things come through me. Um, and that kind of relates to my own personal favorite Bible verse, um, Matthew chapter 19, verse 26. Um, it goes, for man, this is impossible, but for God, all things are possible. So um, I know I just really connect, uh, connected it and really liked how um, how God will provide all good things because all good things come through God. And um, we have to trust God because we can't produce any good things on our own if we don't have our faith and if we don't um, you know, share our faith and our love and our prayers and our thanks to God. So. Just one more connection I see it in section or chapter four, um, we kind of touched on the whole like prayer and being grateful and making sure that you praise God when you get the chance. And that got me thinking about like role models that I have in the church and who I look up to spiritually. And like my grandpa is one of them, but like whenever I can think of them, I just think of them being like, no matter what situation, they're always like grateful and they find the best of every situation because they know God has blessed them in some way, no matter how small it might be. Um, there's always something there to hope for and to look at. Um, so that was just another observation. In the beginning of chapter four, the word says, so brothers and sisters, I love you and miss you. And personally in my life, that's something that my friends and I have said to each other a lot recently. So it just stuck out to me because knowing that Jesus is there as well. And like every time we say that it's in the Bible, that's something that I think demonstrates our faith a little bit. So it sticks out to me. I think it's very impactful to think that 
even in just everyday relationships with my friends, God is there, Jesus is there, staying involved with us. Another one of my favorite parts, um, I think it refers, or it's referring to Jesus's crucifixion at the very end of um, chapter one. It talks about how we have the opportunity to not only believe in God, but to suffer for him. And he said, yours is the same struggle as you saw in me and now hear about me. So he's saying like that, like we not only have the opportunity to like believe that God is our savior, but we also get to like take what we're going through and like make it have have it be an opportunity to be closer to him. And we can relate like our own struggles to Jesus dying on the cross for us. Those are great connections because sometimes I think people want to read the Bible as like individual parts, but really it's an entire story. And there are bits and pieces that connect back to the Old Testament. There are bits and pieces that connect to New Testament or maybe even inspired um, the New Testament. Like in 1 Corinthians, when Paul writes about um, this is my body, which shall be given up for you that is then used in the Gospels, which came after that. And then we still use it today at Mass, which is kind of cool to know like that was written maybe 20 to 30 years after Jesus died, and we're still using those words today. So one of the crazy things, for for better or for worse with the Bible, is that it's always going to challenge you. So my question for you is, how did the letter to the Philippians challenge you in your faith? I think a part of it was, a big part of it was like, obviously the hope and praying and being grateful for things. And I think one of the biggest struggles for a lot of us right now is like getting over things that we've struggled with or like seeing the bad parts of our lives and still believing that God is still there with us. And I think that's one of the biggest things that personally has detracted me from my faith um, and kind of distracted me from it. So just reading this and seeing that like Paul was in prison and the Philippians were in hiding and they were like gathering and reading with Timothy these letters and I think just the perseverance they had and like understanding that even in the darkest like hours or when they were you know like struggling they still had God with them and they could still hope for a better future um, or a better life like for good I think that was really powerful to take away. I think the biggest challenge in Philippians is chapter 4 verse 4 when it says rejoice in the Lord always because always is not sometimes, it's always. And I think that's like a huge challenge, especially um, like it said earlier in the book, like amongst like the crooked world and stuff. It's like we have to rejoice in the Lord always. Ruth mentioned a good one, but another one that I saw, I don't know where it is, but Paul talked about just letting go of anxieties. And I think that's something that we all struggle with today, especially me. And it's just something... He says it so simply, but it's it's a much larger task. But he says it so simply where if you just turn to God and pray about your worries and give them up to him, then they will be resolved and you won't have you won't have anxieties anymore. And just going off of that, like Paul kind of lays everything out very simply for us, even though like as we're reading it, we he says, like, forget about your worries, give them to God, like pray about it, like give glory to God. Um like just imitate me be humble like be kind to everyone like have hope and I think part of us doesn't want to think that it's like that simple like that we can just follow those rules and you know or those like guidelines and then we'll end up in the place where we want to be eventually that's heaven which is the goal 
Um, but it really kind of is like his challenge to us, just live this simply and follow these like little rules and simplify our lives, like take away the worry, the stress, the anxiety that we've had and just give it to God because that's the most simple way we could live, yet it's almost the hardest for us. Also, another great challenge is um, chapter 1, verse 27. It says, only conduct yourself in a way worthy of the gospel of Christ, which is also like huge, you know, because that covers like everything. It says, and it also says only, which is like a big word, you know. So only conduct yourself in a way worthy of the gospel of Christ. So one that I found that um, I personally struggle with uh, comes from Philippians chapter 4, verse 5. Um, it reads, Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Um, this is one I struggle with a lot, um, especially in situations where I may be um, angry or upset with other people. Um, and, you know, we're humans. We're not perfect. Uh, so I get frustrated. I scream and shout or I use some profane language. We'll just say that. Um, don't want my mom to hear that. Um <laughs> But, um, no, that's just something that I personally struggle with in hearing, um, this call from, uh, Paul when he's writing to the Philippians that we need to show this gentleness and show this love that the Lord has given us at all times, um, is really something I'm trying to take to heart and something I'm trying to work on in my day-to-day life. Um, and it's been tough. It's been a struggle, but I've seen it's been getting easier and easier to, um, you know, share that gentleness that the Lord's given us. And, um, it's just probably the most like hit home verse for me out of this whole chapter um, of something I need to work on, something I need to do to better myself. Also, um, in chapter three, it talks about, it says, um, whatever gains I have are considered to be a loss because of Christ. And it talks about like how things that are considered profitable on earth are actually trash. They're like literally called garbage in the Bible. And it's only, like, in comparison to, like, knowing Christ. The wording that I had, it said earthly things. I just think that's really cool because it's like, stop focusing on these petty things. Like, there's so much more bigger things out there to, like, strive for. And, yeah. And following that, it says um, righteousness from God depends on our faith. And I think that's such a big topic, especially as, like, we're all— teenagers we're going into college we're focusing on like all right we got to write down everything we've had successes in like to get into college because that's what they're going to look at and all we can think about is like all right what have I done over the past four years like what have I accomplished and then you kind of like kind of get caught up in it where you're saying like oh I'm pretty cool um (laughs) and then but you got to think about it like it's also a larger than life thing like what has God given me and like what is what is what have I accomplished there like what is my path towards God like how have I benefited from that and I think that can be a larger benefit to you if you think about that in the long run. One thing that stuck with me pretty well was when especially when I thought of Paul and all the things that he'd done but he compared his journey to a race and said that he still can't consider himself a winner. He said this is what I do. I don't look back. I lengthen my stride and I run straight toward the goal to win the prize that God's heavenly call offers in Jesus Christ. And so it just makes you think, like, even though we've come so far and we've made progress and we're working our way towards God, we can still never be close enough. And there's always room to grow and there's always room to deepen our faith. And I just think that's something that we can, we should remember and we can remember every single day because we always have to be working and make a conscious effort to strengthen that relationship with Christ. 
One thing my mom mentioned as a youth minister was that no matter what, her faith is always growing. Like even with teaching those little kids, they'll say something insightful and she'll learn something new. Like you never stop learning. Even if you have read the whole Bible, you can still interpret it so many different ways. So kind of going back to when earlier when Austin was talking about um, uh, our minds being set on earthly things, um, my mind instantly went to the verse, um, it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of the needle for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. So um, that's just one connection I had. And um, especially kind of from all of us being in Midland, uh, Midland's a pretty well-off town. Uh, a lot of us in this group are um, we're well off in life. We come from a pretty high place of privilege. So um, I think that verse kind of calls for us to give back and give to others these uh, wonderful blessings that God has given us, whether it be athletic abilities or monetary wealth or um, artistic abilities, whatever it may be. It's kind of calling us to share the wealth that God has given us and all these blessings with other people. Um, that's just kind of one connection that I had that uh, kind of screamed out to me when Austin was talking about that. So, And I think it's when we do these uh, good works, you know, when we share, when, when we share our wealth, when we volunteer, we might be looking to be like, we got to beef up that college application. We got to go out and do all of these things. But I think, you know, sometimes we get caught up in the, why am I doing this? And we forget the intention behind it. You know, the intent behind our actions, are it's very important. So if you're going out and serving the homeless, that is awesome. God's not going to hold that against you. But if you're only going out and serving the homeless because it's going to look great on a college application and you're not doing it for the greater glory of God, it's not that God's going to be like, mm, you weren't doing it for the greater glory of me. So that's nil. Um, that's null and void. Uh but I think that we do a disservice to God because in my Bible, it's got some, it has a reflect portion and it says, good works and religious observance build upon the divine gift of faith and baptism. Faith is expressed by deeds of faithful love. Do you do good work so that God will love you and take you to heaven? Or do you do good works because God loves you and calls you to heaven? And for me, you know, Austin, you said, your mom said, like, still learning about her faith, still discovering it, no matter how many years you've been doing youth ministry. I'm still learning about my faith, and I have two degrees in theology. Like, ministering and working with um, you guys and, and walking with people on your their faith journey, you realize that faith is a gift. And we all, it's like opening a gift, and you know how on Christmas Day when you unwrap something, you're like, destroy we don't get to do that every time we it's like we get to rip a little bit more of the wrapping paper away of our gift and when we interact with people and we read the script when we read scripture when we go to mass when we go to prayer services retreats mission trips it's like we're ripping a little bit more of that wrapping paper away and we're revealing more of who God is in our lives and as you guys were talking it was just standing out to me like we're talking it the the question was about challenges and you all pointed out challenges but it's like you all stepped up to the plate too you're like this is a challenge but I know how I can face that head on and I don't know for all, everyone listening but at least for me it gives me a lot of hope that you guys are the young church you're not the future church you are church now and I just have a lot of hope for the future of our church because you guys are amazing so I just want to say thank you so much. 
And we kind of talked, you guys have kind of talked about this a little bit. Um, but how do you guys, how can you apply scripture or specifically Philippians? How do you apply this to everyday life? How do you apply this when you go to school tomorrow? I think the part about kindness and showing your gentleness to those around you, um, that part was super important and just being grateful for the little things and looking for those God sightings, as we've said, like that kind of stuff is just how, like even in our everyday lives, simple things, we can find like the glory in them and thank God for it. I think of the verse that I mentioned earlier, Philippians chapter four, verse 13, where it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And like it, it can apply in all sorts of different areas of school, whether it's our clubs when we have something really big like to a competition or something or it's a sport and you have a tough practice or maybe you have a really hard test but it's all possible and you can get through it and you can do well through Christ because with him the possibilities are endless and so that's something I've been trying to carry with me I guess through life in general lately but especially through school especially as times are trying especially when there will be some rejection letters from college or something of the sorts God has his plan and you just have to stick with him and everything's going to work out. I think that earlier Ruth nailed it on the head when she said, uh, Philippians chapter four, verse four, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. I just think that if you focus on that and you think about that all like every day, then you're not going to sin. You're not going to do anything that God wouldn't want you to do. And if you have any worries about all that stuff, then like I like I mentioned earlier, you can, if you're stressing about it, just pray, and your prayers will be answered, and that's just how you offer it up to God, and just keep that communication with Him always going. I also think of the verse I mentioned earlier that said, "Only conduct yourself in a way worthy of the gospel of Christ." I think that's a super easy verse to apply to literally anything. If you like, if you have a decision to make, thinking about that verse and deciding to conduct yourself in a way worthy. Um, And that also goes back to um, chapter 4. It says, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious. And then it later says to think about those things. And so I just, I think that that goes to like your thoughts too in your everyday life, like thinking about um, the the positive things, but also like the truthful things and all all of these words like our words of God. And then it later follows up by saying, keep on doing what you have learned and received, which kind of goes along with the first verse I said. And then it says to to resolve all of this, it says the peace of God will be with you. And so I think like when we decide to make decisions that we feel are like worthy of the gospel, like we can like have peace that we will have God's peace. I think one of the biggest questions when it comes to reading scripture, because again, in writing, it all sounds like, yeah, that's great. We can do that. And then when it go comes to applying it to real life, let's say, it always makes me ask the question, man, just finished the letter to the Philippians. Where do I go from here? So I'm asking you guys, you are young theologians in my book. What would you tell people when they're looking when they've read something in the Bible, when they've read scripture, sat with scripture, studied scripture, and they ask the question, where do I go from here? What would you guys say to them? I think part of it for me, like we meet on Sunday nights, so we have taken this one chapter at a time 
And going away each night, they've given us, or the Pasics have given us like a little sheet of paper that has one Bible verse on it. Um, and like throughout the week, I kind of just had that with me in my planner and I thought about that and it just kept like, I just kept looking at it. And I think having that reminder there of what you've read and what you've taken away from it is really important because we do have a lot going on. Everyone has stuff that they're worrying about and they're busy with. So kind of having that reminder there to just see, okay, like if it's just like one small thing to worry about, like we're not all going to be perfect in the next 24 hours. Like we can't, that's not realistic and perfect isn't realistic, but the goal to strive to be better is so just trying to work on one small thing at a time and look at your life and see one point that you can kind of like reflect on and think about and really work towards. And that will increase other areas unknowingly too. I definitely agree with Haley. I think that a really good tactic for um, applying this would be to pick one like goal, maybe not even a verse specifically, but I think a lot of different goals were highlighted. Um, like rejoicing always is like pretty different than like pressing on. Like there's like a lot of different themes throughout it. So like I think focusing on one one specific theme and then trying to apply that, like thinking about it in every like decision you make. Like, is this giving glory to God or whether it's like, is this a decision that's worthy of the gospel or is this, am I rejoicing as I'm doing this? Like applying one theme at a time would definitely make it seem less um, overwhelming. Um, One thing I think you can do is just as you're going through, um, definitely like picking out favorite verses or um, lessons or, you know, all those good things that Haley and Ruth talked about. But um, when it comes to applying it to your day-to-day life, write it down and put it somewhere you're going to see it every day. So um, put it on a post-it note or something like that, or you can go on the Bible app. And I know um, you can look up verses and you can quote verses and you can make uh, images. And they're actually very beautiful. I have a lot of them on my phone. Um, And just put them anywhere you can. Put them on your mirror as you're brushing your teeth. You can read those verses. Put them, uh, you know, on your car dash when you're driving to work. You can see those when you go to hit the turn signal. And just constant reminders throughout your day as you're going on to try to live by these verses and do the best that you can. you know, there's going to there's gonna be times where God's going to test you because, you know, he puts everything in your life for a reason. So he's going to test you with these verses. But um, you have to stay strong in your faith and you have to trust that God's putting you through this for a reason and just kind of see what you're made of a little bit and uh, have faith in the verses and just try your very best. That's all I can say is if you're not going to do anything that I said, try your very best. Well, another great thing that you can do is you can take what you've learned from Philippians and from other parts of the Bible and you can apply it in your life. And I think a great way of doing this is serving others. And it doesn't have to be like a big task. It can just be small things like if somebody drops something in the hallway, help pick them up. Or if someone looks down, you can try and cheer them up with a joke or something like that. I think that's just a really great way of like taking what you've known and trying to spread positivity and serve others. And Paul kind of challenges you and he talks about like let everyone see like how unselfish and how considerate you are and that's a great thing to do is just being kind kind of like showing off like this is who I am and this is what I can do with God. One last thing that I thought of was um, like what are you filling your head with? Um, so I think about like music or shows but mostly like your friends and like who you're around. Like obviously we can't control like who we sit with in class but definitely like 
who are the people that we're talking to and are they encouraging me in my goals? Like if if you um, create a goal for yourself based on like one of the themes from Philippians and like you have friends that are encouraging you, I think that, or family, like if you let other people know or surround yourself with people that are going to be encouraging you and pushing you in the right direction, I definitely think that um, what you're filling your head with definitely affects your your life. And I think too, sometimes we can be overwhelmed by all the things that the Bible kind of asks of us. Like there's a lot of things, um, but we have to take it day by day. That's too much. Take it down hour by hour. Even that's overwhelming minute by minute. If we take it down to the minute and every minute we're like, I'm definitely going to, going to give this one to God. I'm going to do my everything in my power to glorify God. I think it makes life, it makes the, the Christian life a little bit more doable because it's not this over, it's not this grand thing that we're trying to like, I need to live the best life possible. But if we can live our best life possible for God, minute by minute, that adds up and it makes it a little bit more doable. So I just made me think about that. So like, if you think about Paul and the fact that he spent years persecuting Christians and going against everything God was saying and killing Christians that were proclaiming God's faith, like, and then to have him turn around and start like following God and believing in God. And I'm like, that's just like, we can think about our own mistakes. And if we do slip up and we make a mistake and like, it's not going to kill us. Like, it's not like we're sentenced to hell for it. Like we need to give ourselves a little bit of slack because there's like in these four chapters, there's life lessons about literally anything you can think of. And we're not going to be able to digest all of that because we're human. Um, but just like allowing ourselves to make mistakes, but then keep working. Like that's the biggest thing is to keep striving towards that goal that you set. Absolutely. Well, guys, I want to honor your time. I want to say thank you so much to all of you for, you know, letting me come into your class, taking some class time to talk about Philippians and thank you for your insights. And I just want to, for anyone listening, I cannot reiterate enough that the future of our church is bright with the students that I'm sitting around a ping pong table with, of all things, um, <laughs> our future is bright. And so I just want to again say thank you. And I want to remind everyone, like, pick up the Bible. Philippians is a short book. Would you guys agree Philippians is a short book? Yes. Oh, Very doable days. book to read in <laughs> one sitting. So um, thank you, everyone, for listening, and I hope you have a great day. Mm-hmm.